Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your HIV positive host, Ms. Jennifer Lee Vaughn. How is everybody out there? Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I think it's been a few weeks since I've recorded a podcast. It's currently Tuesday evening in my closet at the moment. Um, I'm doing a little, I finished up with my um, special ed class that I had for summer, had like a week off, and now I'm doing a very short little stint, just two weeks, like three hours in the morning, not not even every day of the week, it's like just four days a week, just for two weeks. Um, I'm just in a class with Japanese exchange students, and I'm, it's a neighbor of mine that runs this program, and the students haven't come out since before COVID, so this is kind of like the first trip that they've had students come out, so they're like 16, 17, around there, a mix of boys and girls, I think there's like 14 altogether, like two, they're paired up at um, host families, unfortunately two of the families have had COVID, so the students have been shuffled around to like other um, host families, it's kind of crazy, and anyways, I'm just there to kind of like lead the classes a little bit and direct not really I don't really do a lot they have something called conversation partners and it's basically just teenagers who have done this before and they sit with them and try to get conversations going in English so they practice their English as much as they can and then they have all these little excursions they go on yesterday they spent the day in San Francisco today they're at the Monterey Bay Aquarium they go to the boardwalk it's a very jam-packed two weeks for them but so that's what I'm doing sort of in the mornings but for the most part I'm just pretty much just fucking off right now because it's summer and um yeah I'm just like not stressing out too hard about all that so uh what else has been going on I'm like squinting my eyes trying to think because I know what I want to tell you guys but I'm trying to think if there's anything um real pressing that I needed to share um yeah kind of I I've pulled away from the U equals U ambassador program um I'm, I will continue to talk about how women contract HIV and I will never stop talking about that. And, um, like the majority of the time they get HIV from men who have sex with other men. That's the bottom line. And everybody knows it. And statistically it supports that. And because I talk about it, um, they say it's homophobic. They say that I shouldn't use the word DL. Um, I've had some people from, I've had a letter written to me and a, they wanted to have a meeting with me and I just said I wasn't interested in talking about it because I won't change anything that I say for like a movement that really isn't supporting me financially in any way, like hardly at all. Like they're giving us crumbs for talking about U equals U. The bottom line is, is I will never stop talking about U equals U or being undetectable and how that's not transmittable sexually, of course. Um, I will never, ever stop talking about that. But now i you know, I don't want to be in any kind of organization where anybody's telling me what to say or do. And um, I've talked about this topic with a lot of people, even some people that are ambassadors themselves who feel exactly like I do, but they don't say anything because they, everyone is PC. So I'm not, and I will continue not to be, and I will continue to share the knowledge that I have about how women are contracting HIV. And these women don't, you know, they're not able to speak for themselves because goddamn, who the fuck wants to talk about having HIV? God forbid anyone knew that you had this totally manageable freaking thing in you that doesn't affect me at all. God forbid we talk about it out loud because, you know, we might be completely rejected, which is true. I mean, these, these, these worries are true and valid, but it just, it's so, it's so stupid. It really, it makes no sense. It's maddening because this isn't affecting anybody. It doesn't even freaking affect me, but yet there has to be all these rules about it and fear about it 
what pisses me off is men who are on the down low who have sex with other men. You know, they live their normal hetero life. They have sex with men. Um, it's that's what they called this. They call it the DL culture, the down low culture culture, even on uh, Tinder, not Tinder grinder. That's the term that they use. I mean, it like you give yourself all these different terms on grinder. You can give yourself the term DL because it's, it's given as a suggestion or an option. So I don't know why I'm being told by people in the HIV community that it's really like homophobic when it's just explaining a group of people that have asked to be called that. I mean, that's what they call themselves. So anyways, I don't feel like I've done anything wrong by referring to that subgroup of people as by what they go by. Um, but anyways, yeah, these men um, are having the highest risk sex and then they give it to their female partners who don't have any clue that they're having sex with men. And these women find out secrets. And guess who finds out about all the secrets? I do because women follow me. And when I open up about this on my Instagram, you wouldn't believe the flood of messages I get from women that say, that's how I got it. That's how I got it. I was married. I was in a relationship. I thought we were, you know, monogamous. And then I found all his secrets and he was having sex with men. I mean, I'm not saying this because it's happened to a few women. This is like nonstop. And these organizations don't want me talking about it, which is fine. I don't need these organizations. They need me. I could care less. So that's one thing that's happened. I had announced being on their website, the Prevention Access Campaign website. I'm no longer on it. As far as I know, I honestly haven't even looked, but I was basically told if I didn't want to have the talk with them and I was, I basically told them I was going to walk away if they wanted to talk to me about it because I didn't have anything to say about it. I don't want to have a discussion and I don't need to have them gang up and, you know, have their um, chat with me about it because I just don't, I won't change my mind about it. I feel really strongly about it. And when I go to these conferences, the, which I won't probably ever go to anymore, but when I've gone to them, I'm fucking pissed that nobody's addressing this. All the women are like, I don't get it. Like, they're like, it, to me, they're like sellouts. All these women who are positive and they're all part of this like HIV community and they don't want to freaking say anything about this. Like you, they should be furious. They should be fucking furious. And they go along with the majority. And that's the majority at these conferences and in general is gay men. And so they, they run it. The gay men run this whole thing. And so <laughs> me being a white woman I'm like so far down on the totem pole of who represents the HIV community that they just don't want to hear. They don't want to hear from me. And it doesn't matter. I, I, I have no voice in this other than my own social media. But as far as in that community, they will always try to silence. And I'm not going to be silenced. And my friend Ingrid, who was affected this way, that's how she got HIV by her husband who cheated with her with other men. And she had two kids um, with this man not realizing. Well, she did find out. It's a long story. She found out when she was pregnant with the first one. And then she thought that she was basically useless and wouldn't be able to. Well, I've got her on my, she's on here. I've interviewed her. But she basically felt like she didn't know about U equals U. And she thought no one would, no one else would have her. So she stayed in a very uh, awful relationship for years and years because of not knowing that she couldn't transmit it and she could have just been like having a better life without that man who was being uh, not honest and uh, he affected her health. So yeah, I'm pissed and I'm pissed that the HIV community 
doesn't support these women how they should. They should be mad. They should be mad. Nobody's mad, but apparently too much anger. And then um, it's, you know, creating barriers. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But at the moment, I'm supporting these women who have had this happen to them. And I'm mad for them. And um, I'm not going to placate to these men who have secrets and put these women at risk. That's just how I feel about it. So, okay. Um, So enough of that. So that happened. And let's see, my dating escapades. So that's really why I got on here, because I've had a couple of um, escapades. Well, more than a couple. Does escapade mean that anything really happened? Well, you'll have to listen and find out. So I will say that the person that I think I spoke about in my last podcast, who I'd been having some feelings for, I don't really remember everything that I said, but I kind of think it was like probably pretty much over. Well... (laughs) I saw him. It was a very confusing time. He had me come over and we kind of talked after like two and a half hours and we like sat there and watched TV like shoulder to shoulder. But his roommate was there, this new girl that lives there. And I talked to her. There's nothing going on with him and her. But anyways, um, yeah, nothing happened with us that night. He got a little too stoned and he was really tired and he apologized for me coming all the way over. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. like, Like no big deal. Whatever. Like, it's okay. I've only been, like, wondering what's been happening for the last three weeks since I basically told you that I had feelings for you. And we didn't really talk much. Um, And then you invite me over. And then we hang out. And we're sitting shoulder to shoulder watching TV. And, like, nothing's happening. And then you say, I mean, it was, like, so confusing. I'm like, okay, I give up. So I went home. Nothing happened. I, of course, didn't want to act like I was mad or anything. Because, I don't know. What am I going to do? Throw a tantrum? So then he um, contacted me. (laughs) <laughs> that's right, like four nights later and said something like, hey, what's up? And we had like a back and forth text like three or four times, which ended with him saying, oh, that's nice. And then he never responded anymore. And I was like, what was the point of even like, usually his text messaging is typically him leading into saying you want to hang out. And then it didn't lead to anything. So I was like, okay, I do not get him at all. Then out of the blue, like three or four days later, hey, what's up? You want to come over and celebrate? I don't know. He has like a new gas line at his place or something. Want to smoke with me and celebrate? I'm, I'm horny. I'm like, yes, I'm coming over. So I won't get into the details, but it, it, I have, I will say it was the best time I've had with him to date, um, under the sheets, like so much fun. He's just, what can I say? There's great chemistry. He may be a lot smaller than me, but he's a beautiful, guy and um, I really enjoy spending intimate time with him being a little bit high (laughs) really fun in the middle of the afternoon but he can make his room really dark anyways it was great and um it's been about a week we've we've had another chat like he's just like he wants to be friends but I don't get it because when we're together he's really really passionate and I don't really get like that part is very confusing in the moment because I feel like he really likes me yeah he's he's he does something to me, but I'm okay right now. So I'm trying to keep myself busy by staying active on my dating apps, Facebook and Tinder. Um, Oh, that's right. I did have another, yeah, I did have something else happen that I wanted to talk about. I had, I don't know if I talked about this person. I had met somebody that wrote to me on Tinder, really cute guy. I think he was 34. Um, and he said, sorry about Finn. He said that 
uh, he had a hot tub waiting for me if I wanted to come over that Friday night. And I couldn't because I had plans. To, I don't remember what my plans were, but anyways, I couldn't. And I said, well, I'm available on Sunday if you're available. And he said, more than likely, whatever. So we get into contact like Sunday and like it's going to happen. Definitely come over. So I, Finn, 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 hey, stop. So he lives... Uh, one town over and he had this beautiful home. Like it was up on a hill, like overlooking a vineyard and shit. Like I was like, wow. And a really nice house. And it didn't really make sense. Cause like he's 34 and he lives in this beautiful big house in Aptos. Like what? And he said, his parents live on the other side of the vineyard. He was showing me like a two lights that were on. He goes, see those two lights over there way across the way. in like this Valley, he goes, that's my parents live there. And I'm learning the wine business, this, you know, vineyard that they have and I'm like oh cool and he says that his roommate's out of town at the moment so that's why he has the house available so he offers me some of the wine that they make and um I have to say that I got like it got to me like I had a pretty big glass and I was feeling it I was definitely a bit drunk and we go down into the like everything's like I want to see the house might be like four levels. Like it's different. It's all these different levels. But so we walk down in the living room from the kitchen. It's like, you know, so many steps down there. We sit on the couch and I don't remember how it happened. I think there was this awkward moment where I was talking and he like put his hand on my leg and we were like kind of touching hands or holding hands or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, I can't even talk anymore because like, I don't like, I'm a little drunk and we're holding hands and I, this is just weird. So let's just break the awkwardness and just kiss. So we start kissing and everything. And, um, no, I had not shared my HIV status, nor do I have to, you guys have to know that I don't have to say anything. I am protected by the law in California because I'm not trying to, uh, give this to anybody. I don't have intent. So I don't have to share my status with anybody. Um, and I typically do, but not always right away. Um, and this was one time that I, I didn't. And so I had brought a condom. Um, and, oh, this was in real. Okay. So this kind of relates to me having that doctor appointment that where I got the BV. This was part of, he was part of the problem. He's, that's partially why I got it. It was from him. And uh, I think when I was with Chris, Oh God, did I say his name? I think, I don't think I've said his name before. Anyways, so that, yeah, that was within like, um, less than a week of each other. And I think that's why I ended up with BV. But anyways, so I, um, I don't know. One thing led to another, you know, shit happens, shit happens. And we didn't use anything. And I, I mean, I had a condom. I don't even know if I said anything. It was like, all of a sudden we were just doing it. It was so, it happened so quickly. So I didn't say anything. Didn't say, could you get a condom on? Like you're in the moment. Like I, you know, you know how it is. And when you're a little tipsy, so whatever. And a lot of the times I just think, oh, YOLO. So if anything, I don't want to get gonorrhea, syphilis, or chlamydia. Like those are the three. I mean, I, if I did, I'd just take an antibiotic, but like, I do think about like, those are the things I'd be more, more concerned of getting, um, you know, so that's really all that's left and available to me at this time. So anyway, I, um, uh, whatever we finish, we hug goodbye. Uh, he walks me up to my car. I said, that was really fun. I'd say four days later, like, I don't really hear from him and for, and we kind of said like, yeah, let's definitely like hang out again. And I, th I don't remember. I think I wrote to him like two days later. That was it. I was real quiet. I was quiet. Cause I was kind of waiting for him. But like two days later I wrote to him. And I said, Hey, by the way, that was really fun. 
because I was kind of waiting for him and I thought he was going to be really receptive to me writing to him. And he wasn't really, he was kind of not that like, yeah, yeah, well, my roommate's back and I can't really do anything with him here because he doesn't really get any kind of action and it would make him feel bad. And the walls are like paper thin and blah, blah, blah. Like it was just like, I'm like, uh, okay. So I guess you don't have a place anymore. Like, I just thought that was a little weird, like the whole roommate thing. Then two days later, he unmatches me on Tinder and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So I write to him. I said, Hey, you unmatched me, which is unusual. Cause like the guys that I've had a good rapport with, we don't unmatch each other on Tinder. We just don't, even though we have each other's phone numbers and everything, we just don't. And he and I had each other's phone numbers, this guy. And he said, well, I'm just over Tinder. He said, um, he goes, I'm just over it. He said, and so just because I got rid of it doesn't mean I don't want to see you. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, cool. And then that was it. Never heard from him again. So I'm like, huh. So I kept thinking like, maybe, maybe he's married and his wife was gone for the weekend. And because he didn't take me to a bedroom, he took me to the couch. Like if you're alone and your roommate's gone, wouldn't you take me to your bedroom? But if he's married, that bedroom is probably decorated by a woman, which would be really obvious. I, some stuff just didn't add up. Like the walls are paper thin. Like this is a beautiful home and like the hills of Aptos. It wasn't some little shitty, tiny old house, like, you know, a mobile home or something. Like this is a really nice house. So some stuff just went, it just wasn't adding up. And so, um, my ex-father-in-law, my kid's grandpa's memorial was coming up and I, I'm on this, um, local Facebook group. It's like 20,000 members and it's basically for the town. And so I posted on there that his memorial was coming up and I had actually talked to him about this in person that we had, you know, he had just passed away and that we'd had this thing up at the high school and all that. So I had already mentioned the last name being related to me and stuff, although I had not given him my last name or anything. And I assumed that if I saw him again, I would tell him about my HIV status. Like I just probably would have at that point, but I just, we, he never contacted me again. So I just, whatever, let that go. Cause obviously there's nothing for him to worry about. So anyway, I put this post up. I did not realize that he is, even though we have each other's phone numbers, for some reason, we sometimes Facebook will match me up with people if we have this, um, you know, if we're like linked through our phone numbers. Um, but that wasn't happening. But anyways, when I put this post up, he must have seen it. Um, and then, and this is like three weeks after the fact. And then he clicked on my profile. So we are in that same local group. And I didn't know that. I didn't know his last name at the time. And so he looked at my profile and you probably go five profile photos in. And it's a picture of me that says I'm HIV positive. So what? He sends me a screenshot of that. And he goes, really? Were you not going to tell me this? And I write back right away. And I said, I'm undetectable. I can't transmit it. And I said, yes, it is true. And he's like, wow. And I said, look, I can't give it to you. So I went into some quick explanation. Um, I sent him the, you know, U equals U website. And he says to me, it was kind of, he goes, well, why didn't you just tell me? He goes, you could have at least given me a heads up. I said, because it would have just scared you and you would have acted like you are right now. I said, there's nothing to be afraid of. I can't give this to you. Everything happened so fast. And, and he goes, you're right. He goes, you're right. I could have done something too. I could have been safer. And I said, well, 
who's the one that ended up with something i ended up with bv he didn't get anything so yeah you could have been safer quote unquote to not get you know chlamydia and gonorrhea and syphilis if i had had any of those but like you're not going to get hiv from me i said well it wouldn't have made a difference anyways even if i had told you or you had used a condom or not it doesn't change the end result which is you can't get this so it doesn't matter and so he said he asked me when I had my last viral load done within like, like while this conversation's happening, I'm like, how does he even know what the fuck a viral load is, which kind of threw me. And I said, um, I get tested every three months. Like I'm an advocate. Like I went into that. And then what I ended up doing, he said, well, I'm still going to get tested, but I appreciate you getting back to me like right away. He goes, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to like, you know, I said, I was really sorry. I said, I'm really sorry that you had to find out this way. By the way, I know somebody else who doesn't share their status. It's a, a, a gay male friend of mine. And he says when he, people come back at him and say anything rude, he tells them to just like, go, like you're uneducated, go do your research and go figure it out. Like, don't come at me. Like, I don't have to say anything to you and I can't give you anything. So if you can't like figure that out on your own, that's your problem. Like get off my ass. So I kind of like love his approach to it. And I do know that the less I make of it, which I've really learned through this whole dating process, uh, the better it goes for the guys that I tell. They just, you know, when you just make it like a very matter of fact thing, um, they just, they, I, it's like, I don't know. They, they just don't seem to have a problem with it, but he obviously didn't know about it. So it worried him. And he said, well, I'm just started. He goes, I'm more concerned for the person that I've, um, gotten really close to, or I've like decided to be really close with. I can't remember how he worded it, but apparently there was a girl. So let's see he got off Tinder quote unquote, because he was just over it. And then three weeks later, he's got some special girl in his life. Really? Huh? So what I think is he was married and she was out of town and we've, my daughter really did a good scan of his Facebook and it, it's hard. It doesn't look like he's married. There is a picture with a girl with him on an ATV, a blonde girl who's probably like 28, 29 I can't, the, the picture's too far away, away to see if there's like rings on, but it doesn't look like she follows him on Facebook, which is strange because that would be the only one. And then the mother follows him, like her mother. So, and ironically, her name was Joey. How weird. Anyways, um, so um, yeah, Ryan did a little snooping for me. So it was kind of hard. It, like, I don't know what to make of it, but yeah. So he's got some new girl and, and I said, well, I'm happy for you. And then he asked about my viral load. And so what I did is I did a, like a 30 second, like just filmed my computer and showed him my, um, my, my chart online. So he could see my, my viral load when I was first diagnosed and how it just dropped down to basically nothing. And it's been that same way for six years. And, um, and then he said that he said that really does help. Thank you so much. And I was like, all right, you're welcome. Like, bye-bye. So anyways, that made me feel bad because I felt like a leper and it made me feel like I'm on the other side again. And I hate that feeling because I still feel like I'm like somebody without HIV. And truly in reality, I, as far as like transmission, I am somebody without HIV because I can't give this to anybody. So it's, it's just a weird thing to have to even say that you have it. Um, but 
I had that discussion with my friend who's positive and he was just like, look, I just don't fucking say anything anymore. He goes, cause like, fuck it. it he used to have it on his grinder profile and he's like, people aren't educated and I can't do any harm to anybody and nobody can like get, what are they going to do? Get a lawyer and prove that you didn't give it to him. Like there's like, it's a waste of every, it would be a waste of everybody's time. And I realized that too, but I just didn't want any hassle from anybody. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of a bad feeling because it made me feel that he thinks I'm, it's everything that goes hand in hand with HIV. You're like, oh, they're liars. They're trying to give it to me. They didn't tell me because um, they're bad people, you know, so they're all these like things that would you would think, you know, kind of seems to go hand in hand with HIV. And it's not that at all. It's just that I just didn't want to talk about it because there's nothing to talk about. So, and, um, it just didn't happen before or, you know, and I don't always, always know that anything's going to go down when I go meet somebody. So, and then it's like, well, why did I even tell them that part about myself? I really wish I hadn't shared that part about myself. So, okay. <laughs> so that was that. Um, and then I, uh, have continued to basically I've been looking at guys that are like 28 to 40 uh, but that has not boded well for me except for the two guys that I kind of see on a regular basis and um, they're both 31 and Chris is one of them and they just don't appear that young to me I mean they are but they're not they don't look like they're 19. So that's, this has been a, a, a kind of, well, okay, let me just get into it. So, okay. So I match with this, this guy, Casey, who had been a little, um, he'd played, he'd played his cards right with me. He wasn't like, uh, overdoing anything. He was kind of quiet and laid back and hadn't really said much to me. So I was like, okay, he must be really busy with a lot of girls or whatever. So finally, after like, I don't know, six days of matching, we finally start having a conversation. And I know he's five, seven. He says that in his profile. And I thought that was really funny because I thought that's all he had written in his profile that he was five, seven. I am down with the five, seven, as long as there's a hot body that goes with it. I, you can't be like, you know, you can't have a 14 year old's body. Like you have to have a, like a, hot body. So I like I've dated guys that are short. I have and I'm not I'm not opposed to that, you know, build at all. And this person Chris of course is fits into that category completely and he's super muscular and he doesn't look like a child. So anyway, um I I yeah, so Casey and I end up talking back and forth, back and forth and he has got some beautiful pictures. He's got brown hair. It's fuller on top, like longer on top. And then it's shorter as it goes down to his neck. Um, all of his pictures are with just this like nice, like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, the beard. That's just like, you know, like the five o'clock shadow a little bit longer. He's brown hair, nice nose. Everything looked nice, nice teeth. Everything looked good. Right. Facially. I share all this with like people on my close friends story, which has really been fun lately. And I'm sorry if you're not on my close friends story, I enjoy this crowd. They are, <laughs> they, sh I share a lot with them, but I told them that I would probably share more of the details on my podcast this week. Um, so they could, um, hear all the little details that went down. So, um, I'm kind of asking them, what do you guys think? Like he's cute. Right. And then he sends me a, a, like a torso picture in the mirror, just showing just like almost just low enough. So it's just the top part of his, you know, his meat, but I didn't see that part. Just the, a little bit of like 
hair that is just just starting to grow out like that's all I can kind of see but the body looks really great I mean I know he's a little bit smaller but he looks fit I mean yeah so I'm I'm super curious and it's that time of month where I'm ovulating and I'm just like down to clown. So like, yeah, you live over in San Jose, you have your own place. And he kept mentioning like, come over here. What can I do to persuade you? Come hang with me. Let's chill over here. You can get cozy over here. Like he was using all kind of the right words in the right timing. Everything was just, he was just smooth on his end as far as texting. And it was intriguing me. And he was 32. So I thought, okay, he's not 31. <laughs> he's a year older. He's going to be that much more mature, even though he's, you know, got the smaller body. So I decided to go meet him. And it's funny, I met with my friend Tim first, who's in a long relationship at the moment. He's not that happy. And I was sharing all of my Tinder, uh, like trials and tribulations with him, but he like most of it's like fun stuff. Like he couldn't believe some of the stuff I had done. He didn't know that I'd ever done mushrooms. So it's, I've known Tim for a, like 20 something years. Anyways, I used to work with him. And anyway, he, uh, yeah, apparently he did shrooms like seven years ago. I didn't know that he had ever done it, but he told me the next day, he's like, God, you like just hearing about everything that you're doing makes me want to just like live. He goes, I need to live. Like, I think he needs to get out of his relationship, but she's living with him and I don't know what he's going to do. So we hung out at Starbucks for a little bit. And then I said, I got to go. I got to get over the hill. I told him I'd be leaving this area by this time. And I kind of wanted to get over there right when it got dark at this place. So I have the directions. I have to go over 17. I'm going into San Jose. I'm basically getting into Milpitas and I think, or no, I was more like Santa Clara area. No, it wasn't Milpitas. Jesus, I'm forgetting the exit I took. Mm, yeah, it was borderline Milpitas Pleasanton or not Pleasanton. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. It's like 880, I think. 680. Why am I drawing such a blank? I don't know. Because I've been over that way a few times recently. I can't remember which freeway I was on for what I was on for because I went to go see my mom too. Oh, Olive, hi. She's sitting there right next to my suitcase on top of some boxes and I had no idea she was in the closet staring at me. So, um, I, yeah, it was more like Santa Clara. That was it. Okay. I can see it now. Really nice apartment, you know, complex. And I know that he's in some kind of construction. I apparently he's project management. He let me know that. So I, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Can't wait to see him in person. And I tell him I'm here and I'm in the parking structure. It's downstairs. So I'm like in this big building, but you get to park in the parking structure underneath, like almost like as if you live there. So I park in there and I'm like, I'm walking over by the elevators that I'm, you can't get into that area unless somebody lets you in. So he comes from the, another building, like one over. So he's walking across the parking lot. I was a little, I, I, we, well, anyways, I wasn't right there where the elevator, he didn't come down where I thought he was going to come down basically. So I can, I'm watching him walk towards me for a, a, a good bit. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit, he is small. And I don't mean like short, like he is built like a 12 year old. I'm, I, I'm not kidding. Like he couldn't have weighed more than 105 pounds. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And when I was telling my girlfriend Kira this, I said, there is no, you can't 
imagine what somebody talks like or their the way their face moves, their hand mannerisms. There's so much more to somebody in person, so much more. Like, my God, just all the muscles in their face and how they work when they talk and blink and look and all of that is, and, and those are all things that we're attracted to or we're not attracted to. And, and like, when you're first meeting someone, you're probably more, like, not so attracted. Sometimes it takes longer to get, um, to let some of those things go that you're like, I don't know. And then sometimes when you really start liking someone, one, some of those things that you weren't sure about, you can just, you know, you let them slide or they become endearing. Anyways, pretty much everything that I had seen in the photos that I was expecting to see in person a certain way didn't look that way in person. And I was like, oh boy, like the teeth actually look like an overbite while he's talking. But in the photos, it looked like a great smile. Like I, it was two totally different things, um, you know, in person versus the pictures. And so I, oh my God, I'm like, what do I do? So he's like, gives me a hug. I mean, I definitely had to bend down to hug him, which I expected. Um, and then we go up to his apartment and I'm just thinking, Jesus Christ. Well, I don't like, I'm, I don't know. I really didn't know. Honestly, I just followed him. It was like just blindly following him. I didn't really know what to do. So, and I, but I'm, and I wasn't completely, I think, I don't know that I was completely, it was a no, but I think 98% of me was a no. Um, so I followed him in, I guess I was curious to see where he lived. It was like a, I think it was a one bedroom. I have no idea. I didn't see his bedroom, but he super clean everything. I mean, it looked like nobody lived there, honestly. But I walk in and what do I see between his kitchen, like countertop that's, you know, like the higher countertop that most kitchens are set off by. And then there's a living, a living room. There's a desk right on the other side of that countertop and a, and a gaming chair. Like if, you know, gaming, I mean, that's some serious like gamer there. If there's a gaming chair, they're really into gaming. I have a son who's a gamer, so, and a daughter. So I'm like, He's a fucking gamer. So he's not like in construction. He's not like that kind of guy. He works in an office for a construction company doing project management. And like I, if I had worked in that office, I never would have looked at him twice at all. I, he would have just been the small guy that worked at the office. I would have never, ever paid attention to him. And here I am in his apartment. And all I can think is that he's thinking, wow, I've got a live one. Like I got one. I like I've, I've reeled her in like on the hook and he's got me in his apartment. So I just plop my flip flops in a spot, put my purse down and I went and sat over on his L shaped couch closer to the L and he sat down. He offered me a glass of wine. So I took a glass of red wine and he opened up a beer. He said he was a real lightweight and cause I asked him if he smoked and he goes, well, I mean, I sometimes he goes, but I'm like a real lightweight, like I should have known by that too. So, cause the kind of guys that I like are stoners, like they're just a different breed. They're chill and laid back and they're, they're just easy. I don't know. They're just easy. Um, and so, but he was, you know, he didn't even drink much. He said he was a lightweight, can handle, can't handle more than one beer. And I like, again, I should have picked up on those little tiny cues that he wasn't the type that I like, but again, the body was so small. So we're watching Entourage and I'm asking him questions about, I don't know, fuck where he grew up. I don't know. I didn't even care. I was just, all I could think of is how do I get out of here? And so he's answering most of the questions, you know, he's talking like he's real cool. Like, you know, yeah, like I, yeah, like, I mean, I, he just, it's that, 
it's that insecure talk. You can hear it. You know they're insecure, but they want you to think they're cool. So they come across with this voice that makes them sound like they're actually really cool. But really, you know, it's all about being insecure. That's where that's all coming from. And it's just such a freaking turnoff. And I noticed that while he's talking to me after like 10 or 15 minutes, uh, anywhere between that 10 and 15 minute mark actually is that he is uh, rearranging his legs several times on the table and they keep getting closer to me and I am putting my feet, tucking them back farther underneath me. By the way, I feel like I am the mom at a junior high party or dance and I'm sitting there talking to one of my kids' friends. Like that's exactly what he looked like size-wise next to me. And the hair was almost like a five-year-old's haircut. He kept running his fingers through his big boof on the front, but it's like it was it was cut in the back and the sides like a five-year-old. Like it was tapered down and it just wasn't manly. And he had a small head. His head was like the that of a five-year-old, honestly. So I, he's talking. I just noticed that he's trying to make these little microscopic um, <laughs> moves. I was trying to think of another word when they say microaggressions. <laughs> they felt like microaggressions towards my body. Uh, his little teeny tiny uh, movements towards me. In fact, one time he'd bump my foot with his foot and I was like, and I could feel like his foot sort of stayed that way. And then I tucked mine further, like towards the couch, like, fuck. So he gets up to do something. I don't remember what it was or, or it was just still where we were watching Entourage. That might've been it. And I just said, and I was taking very small sips of the wine because I realized I didn't want to stay. And I'm like, and I don't want to drink because I don't want to be like unable to drive. So I just said, um, I'm really sorry, Casey. I said, Casey. And he goes, yeah. And I was staring straight ahead of the TV. And I'm like, just in my head going, pull the bandaid off, pull the bandaid off, pull the bandaid off is what I'm trying to say. Hard to say that fast. And I just said, Casey, um, I got to tell you like nothing's going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry, but like nothing's going to happen. And he goes, what do you, wait, what, what do you mean? And I said, um, oh God, this is so awkward. I just basically said, look, you look so much younger to me in person. And he goes, but you knew I was younger. I said, no, I mean, you look way younger than your actual age. And he goes, yeah, but I am 30. I don't know, whatever it was, 33, 34. And just the way he even did that was just, oh my God, like, get me out of here. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm trying to just tell you, like, I, it's, I'm sorry, but I just can't. I like, you look younger to me. I just doesn't feel right or whatever. So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go. And I start to get up and he goes, are you kidding? And I said, oh, I don't think I had stood up yet. He said, can I at least just kiss you? And I was like, oh my God. So, okay. So here's the thing. I thought maybe there is the just the slightest chance that maybe, maybe that there would be chemistry. You just never know. Sometimes there's like this unexpected chemistry with people. And I mean, how amazing that would be if there was. I really didn't think it was possible. But I thought, all right, give me what you got. Show me what you got. So I go, okay, I guess you can kiss me. For some reason, I thought he'd gotten up during this time and then he came back. So he's sitting to my left and he starts to kiss me. And all of a sudden I realized like, I am literally like over him. Like, even though we're sitting, like I'm, he's somehow made himself underneath me. And I said, I feel, I basically said like, 
this isn't helping me feel any like smaller around you or like, or, you know, the whole thing, it was like, I'm older, I'm bigger, all of that. And it's like the way that you're doing this is making me feel like huge around, like ew, the whole thing. Yuck. So he, I lay down. Oh my God. Why did I even let him do this? So I lay down and he wants to make out with me. His kissing was very mm, subpar. It wasn't anything great. I don't think he's kissed anybody in a long time. And I kind of said something like, I don't know. I, oh yeah. I, one hand was up, like my hand was up against the side of the couch. Like I didn't even want to touch him with it. How sad. And the other one was kind of resting on the back of his shoulder. Like I didn't want to touch his hair or his face or anything. Oh my God. And so he said, can I like see your boobs? I could feel his hand going up the side of my shirt. And I was like, Oh my God, what? I, like I got to get out of here. So he asked if he could see, and I said, I don't care. Like mine are paid for, like they're, I don't mind anybody seeing them for the most part. I was like, okay, fine. And then I, d I don't know why, I guess, cause I knew, and it's such a stupid reason, but I knew nothing was going to happen. And so I like felt like I, not that I owed him anything, but I guess to like make the pain less painful, give him like a little something. I know that's what went through my head. Like just give him some crumbs, you know, cause I felt bad. And then I said, I said something. I said, well, I said something about something being awkward. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, because I can't get up. And he goes, Oh, well, if you just said, and then he jumps up off me, like got very defensive. Cause of course his feelings are hurt. And like all of that was enough for me to just be like, yeah, I gotta go. So I get my stuff, my shoes. And I said, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm like, I don't, and he's, as I'm walking over to his door, I'd look back. He's like standing in his living room, like doesn't know what to do with himself. Like he doesn't know where to go. And he's like, he had his baseball hat back on and he goes, yeah, all right. And he kind of just waves like whatever. And I said, I said, I'm just, I said, do I need your help getting back down to my car? He says, no, like, you know, apparently I can get out. Well, I did get lost. It took me like over 10 minutes to find my goddamn car because I couldn't figure out which elevator shaft I'd come out of and everything looks the same in that parking structure and I couldn't find my car. Finally found it and got the heck out of there. Um, and I think that was the end of it. I don't think we wrote to each other after that. It was really awkward, but I felt so glad that I didn't go through with anything just because I drove an hour to get there. And just because he was so disappointed, like I, there's no obligation for me to do anything with anybody. Even if I did end up in your apartment, even if I did sit and watch TV with you for a second and had a glass of wine, I still don't have to do anything. And I felt really great about leaving in that way. Never do I want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I have to look out for myself in these situations. And in the long run, I don't want to spread myself thin to make everybody else happy. You know, I mean, sure, we can all just pull our pants down if we want to, to make everybody happy. But well, first of all, I wouldn't have wanted to, it would have grossed me out because he was so much smaller than me. Like his legs were so small. Like I can't even tell you how small his legs are. Like my legs look gargantuan next to his. They were shorter and they were smaller in circumference. And his arms look like my arms. Like they were just skinny arms. Like there was no, I didn't even want to know what he looked like underneath his shirt. I'd seen the picture. Somehow he beefed that picture up. I don't know how he did, but yeah, yeah, he didn't look like that in person at all. So, um, I end up, going home, whatever. And like trying to just rinse this whole night off of me. And I wrote to my friend, Tim, or I talked to him right away. I said, you're not going to believe what happened. Oh my God. Worst time. 
Um, so I share it all through my close friend's story. And it's funny because everybody was along for the ride. I'd showed them the apartment complex and I was like all excited to go in. Everybody thought he was like a 10. He's so cute. Oh my God. You know, you're so lucky. Have fun. And then I like get in the car. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Oh my God. So that was the end of that. And he unmatched me, I think yesterday, I think I noticed that he was gone. I kind of wanted to give him that last stab back. Like maybe it would make him feel good. I don't know. I didn't want to unmatch him. I wasn't going to get in my car and go do that right away. I have done that before to people who were totally led me on with the wrong photos, but with him, I didn't want to do that. I, I felt bad. So, um, I hope that helped a little bit that he got to unmatch me. I don't know that it really, you know, psychologically it might've helped. I know it would have made it way worse for me to do it to him. That would have been just rubbing more salt in the wounds. Okay. So, Here's the second one. So, um, so there's that. Yeah. Sad. Um, so I'm, but I'm still like thinking, okay, there's gotta be some, you know, still I'm looking in that early 30 range because of the two I know that are like their 30 year old age looks good on them. And they like, they don't make me feel like I'm 20 years older than them at all. I don't know why, but I just don't. Maybe it's the facial hair. I don't know, but I don't feel like I'm older than those guys. And I know I'm older, but I don't feel like I'm 20 years older. I just, it just feels like a better fit with these two other guys that I see kind of regularly. Um, and anyways, um, so I have stayed in that age range on Tinder. So I match up with this guy who's 34. Great. Even older, 34. So here's the thing though. He looks, uh, really urban. Like he's got a wife beater on in most of his photos. He's got his hair braided in some of his photos, like long brown hair, a lot of pictures with glasses on like the big glasses that have like the, almost like that rainbow look to them. And they're big and square, you know, like those. And um, I don't even think they have like a frame. It's just the lens part. That's kind of flimsy. Anyways, pictures like that. He's almost like I wouldn't have been surprised if he had like some silver teeth or gold teeth, like honestly, because he was, he looked like he was fully from the music industry rap world. His, like, he looked nice, nice eyes from what I could see. Definitely a lot of different looks on this guy. Sometimes he's got pictures with a beard where it's like the beard looks kind of too thick. I don't like that. And it's shaved a little bit like Abe Lincoln. I don't know why guys do that. They get rid of the upper lip or they shave it real thin at the top of their lip. And then they continue to have like this big bushy beard. I hate that look, but he had some photos like that. Um, and so anyways, we just start talking, but I have to say in our conversation, like he was sort of surprising me with how he was responding. I like guys that don't throw it all out there all at once. Like, I don't want to see a bunch of pictures of you right away. And I don't want to see, like, I don't want a bunch of sexual questions, like takes all the fun out of it. Like, you know, be a gentleman, make it exciting, make me wonder. I need some, you know, something to keep me interested. And he was just playing it just fine. And he was interesting because he looks so different. And I'm like, and how could you be attracted to me? I'm like a 51 year old white lady. Like, how do I fit into like what you find attractive? I am sure that you're dating only girls with big giant asses, tons of makeup on because of what I'm seeing in these pictures. And he says, well, yeah, that is typically what I date. He goes, but you know, what do they say about opposites attract? And you seem super chill. I like your look and I'd like to hang out with you. So we end up like long story short, we go back and forth, back and forth. And the, the texting for the most part all day yesterday, hello, was fun and, um, had me piqued my interest for sure. And so he was going to possibly go back to Florida 
today because he has a week off work. He's over in Morgan Hill and he's a journeyman. So he's like one of those guys that goes up in the cherry picker and fixes the, um, the, uh, the, I know PG&E does it too, but like the telephone lines or the power lines. And he was telling me like, I don't know if I can believe this or not. I don't know. He says sometimes he makes 10,000 a week. I'm like, what, what? what did I go? What am I doing? Like teaching like this, is, these guys are making this kind of money. I don't know. I don't know if I believe it, but he said that he makes really good money and then he only has a high school diploma. He definitely talked about like this job and it, he wasn't making it up. And then I found his Facebook and I saw like lots of stuff relating to the work he, that he does. Like, so it's for sure what he does, but he also has like a little bit of a um, music career from, you know, in LA or no, in uh, Florida. And it was rap. And so I was taken in by his rap persona because I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Like he's like a musician and he's sort of like sexy and he's interested in the white lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have the, all of this. And he, oh, he says he's 6'3 in his profile. So I'm like, hmm, I like that. Much bigger than me. And there's one picture. Most of the pictures were just from the neck up. But there was one picture where he's shirtless and his pecs look real full and tan and like, it looks like he has boobs, like really nice big pecs. So I'm like, this guy is a beast. Like he's built. Okay. I should have known because as I, well, no, I don't want to say there was, there's a, there's a reference to a part of his name and I don't want anybody to look him up, but it has to do with him being uh, skinny. What there was a part of his stage name. Like I should have picked up on that, but I didn't. So anyways, today I realized that he's leaving for Florida tonight. So in fact, he's on a plane at the moment right now. And so I get done with my job today at like 1030. And I was just, it's like, it's like I had a, I don't know what they say, a bean up my butt. Like I just had this, like, I don't know, like, why not? It's like early still he's available. He's over cleaning his RV cause he lives in an RV park and I'm fine with RVs, whatever. I don't care. And so I'm all down for this. Like, why not? I say, Hey, I'm done with work. I was done at 1030. And I knew that if I, like I had, plenty of time before Owen was going to even realize like I wasn't working because he's pretty delusional about that. He doesn't know. So there wouldn't be any like, where are you? Where are you? Anything like that? Cause it's like literally daytime. So I say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to head over. Like, do you want to see me? Are you ready? And oh, by the way, we had FaceTimed yesterday too. And so I saw him, I think he had sunglasses on the whole time. He had his hair down. He had long hair. It's brown and it's wavy. It was really pretty hair, actually. Long, almost as long as mine. And he kind of had it sitting on either side of the front of his, like, chest, you know? And a baseball hat on. And it was, like, a nice baseball hat, too. And I asked him to take it off so I could see, like, his hair. And he's, like, shaved on the sides. Whatever. All I can tell you is that even FaceTime is an optical illusion. It is not what people look like in person, unless you know them, of course, but still I wasn't getting the whole picture and I'm imagining something completely different. So I drive all the way over to Morgan Hill. I get to the RV park and I'm, I called him and he's apparently to get in, you need a code. And so, cause there's a gate that opens and I'm like, I don't know how to get in. So I'm like, literally like 10 minutes later, I call him again and I'm thinking, am I getting like punked like is this like a joke maybe like yeah I always think my ex is like setting me up with somebody like trying to fuck me over through tinder or whatever so I'm like am I getting punked so he answers and he's like oh hey sorry about that so he goes just follow somebody in when somebody goes in through the gate so somebody comes through the out basically and the gate open and so I just scooted in really fast through the exit 
and thankfully there was no tire uh, things there stopping my tires. I, I made sure. So I park and then I'm like, okay, I don't see you. And he's like talking to me from inside his RV and he's like, okay, like just go straight. And he goes, okay, go to your left. See like right there on the left. By the way, his voice is very urban, very, oh, in fact here. Well, I'll play it after because I have some voice messages from him. So um, I, uh, I, he opens up the door and I take one look and I'm like, oh no, shit. Okay. So he's wearing a wife beater, not totally unexpected. The hair is slicked back. Like, I don't know what guys put in their hair, but he's, and he is interesting. He is he said he's white Hispanic. He speaks Spanish and his, so his dad is white and his mom is half black, half Hispanic. So that's his, basically his heritage. His hair is like lightly wavy and it's brown. And I would say like, he, like he, oh, there was one picture of him where he was really tan that I actually thought he was a black guy. Like I didn't even realize like he was a white guy because he had his hair in braids and stuff and his tan was so dark. Like he didn't look like a white guy at all. Um, and maybe even some of his features don't technically look like, uh, like, well, he's a mix. He's a mix between Hispanic and black and white. So he's got all of even like features aren't completely like Caucasian. So, um, but like an interesting look for sure through the pictures. And it wasn't that his look wasn't disinteresting in person. He was just ugly in person. Like he wasn't attractive. He had his teeth were jacked up. Like I couldn't really see his teeth in FaceTime and in all of the pictures he smiles without showing his teeth. They're sort of not straight and there's gaps and it, they're twisted kind of like just not good. Not that bad, but they just weren't great. And the hair again was slicked back to a ponytail just looked greasy to me. I don't know. And the hair that I had seen the day before that was all loose and these locks that looked pretty were all pulled back into like this wet ponytail. And I was like, oh, like that right away. I was like, oh, don't like that. And then the body. Okay. First of all, not six, six, three, not at all. So I like get it. And I said, and like, I make a point of it right away. I said, you are not six, three. I go come here, stand next to me. There was a mirror right at the top of the stairs when you come into the RV. So he's like, he's very shy all of a sudden. Like he's trying to be cool, but he's shy and he cannot really even look me in the eye. And he's like, you know, pacing around trying to like clean stuff up around his apartment. It's like this persona of this guy that wants to do all these things to me sexually, which he told me the day before. It's kind of interesting when you're in person, how they really turn into like little boys. And he was very uncomfortable, but like trying to be like, sh act like he's not. And so, um, that's my Devado alarm. And so I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm really comfortable. I don't know, just because there was nothing to be uncomfortable about, um, except for the fact that I wanted to run. And so I say, hey, you know, stand next to me in this mirror. And I said, get over here. And so he stands next to me. He is not like maybe a half an inch taller than me. I'm 5'10 and a half. I'm like, dude, you are not even, I said, you may be six feet tall, but I don't even know if you're six feet tall. And then he makes some comment about how the doctor must have lied to him. Then, you know, the doctor must, I'm like, whatever you lied. And like, honestly, I don't even know that you are your age. I didn't say that. But here's the other thing. He was skinny, 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 like my body skinny or smaller. So his arms like looked like mine, but with tattoos on them. Like I mean, more, a little bit more tone, but not much bigger. Um, he was just a string bean and he had 
like I said, the wife beater, which I don't mind that so much if it's on the right body. And then I think he had big baggy shorts on and like the white socks with the slippers. He was wearing the slippers, you know, like honestly it was poor white trash is what it was. And I, I'm, if I'm, if the guy's attractive, I can overlook all of that, but he wasn't attractive to me at all. And he really physically looked like he was 19 or younger. Like there was nothing about him that even looked in his twenties. Like I was like, so I said, you, oh my God. So I know I didn't say that yet. I didn't say anything about his, his uh, age yet. So I sit down in his place on the couch and I, he says, he's going to go to the office really quick. He has to go out of that metal gate, go over, walk a little bit away. There's a, like a, it's a nice office there. It's like more like a, it looks like a country club kind of, but he was going to go over there. He had to pay for his propane tank. And so I was like, okay, I didn't expect that to come up. So he said, help myself to his weed or whatever. And I was like, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll just wait for you to come back. So I'm sitting there and I do an Instagram story. I said, I'm here, I'm inside, but like, and I'm showing myself and I'm like, but I like, I'm not into it like at all. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, Oh my God, he's so much smaller than I thought. And so I get off my Instagram story and I, I open up his blinds. I like open them with my thumb and my finger. I'm like peeking through looking over by the office, which is like basically, I don't know, like a half a block away from like his RV. And I'm like, I, what, what I would have to do is get in my car to leave back up and then go wait for that metal gate to open. You know how slow they can open it. And in doing all that, he could be walking out of the office towards me. So I'm like, if I wait any longer, I'm going to have to confront him and I'm going to have to tell him. And it's going to be the same goddamn thing that I just went through with Casey, that he's going to beg me not to go and all that. So I just grab my shit and without even like thinking I'm in my car and I'm pulling out. I mean, I can't believe this. I haven't even told him. And I pulled up to the gate and I'm like, open, open, open. Oh my God, open, open. And I'm like, hoping to God, I don't see him coming from the corner of my eye off to the left. The gate opens and I shot out of there and he was, he was not there. Like he didn't see me leave at all. So I get on the main road and I leave him a voice message right away. And I say, I'm so sorry. I had to go. I said, this isn't going to happen. I said, you look so much younger than I thought. Please don't take this personally. I'm really sorry. I just, I can't do it. I can't, I'm so sorry. I said, I didn't want to make it awkward for you. And, he, and like, <laughs> he was really, really bummed. Okay. So here's, here's the, how some of the messages went, went down. Hold on. I got to turn my alarm off cause it's going to go off again. Oh my God. I could, I didn't even want to listen to like one of his messages came through after I had already kind of said my piece and I, it took me two hours to even listen to it. Cause I, I just didn't want to hear again. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Here's my message to him. There's really no good way for me to like handle that. I know I'm really sorry. Like it's like almost like ripping off a bandaid, but if I stayed, it would have given you mixed signals and I didn't want to like say that I just wasn't down and then hang and then like make it more confusing. And also I've been in a situation where I just knew I wasn't going to go through with it. And I was trying to kind of go and I just couldn't, the person just wouldn't like just tried to find ways to make me stay. Casey. Um, and I just didn't want to get in that situation. Um, I don't know how, how else to explain it. And guys, for guys, it's just a fuck. And I can just fuck. I definitely do. But sometimes, 
I don't know. I like, dude, you just, I, I feel like a fucking perv. Like, you just look so much younger to me. I like, you look like the kids that just graduated from the high schools that I teach at. That's kind of like in my head, and I can't like it. I know you're not that age, but you like look like it more to me in person. And you should be glad, like, that you look younger and don't have to deal with like looking older like me. <laughs> But please don't take it personally. I, I'm so, I really feel bad because you're super nice. But just, I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. Okay, so he wrote to me. Hold on, I got to see who just, oh, nobody wrote to me. That was weird. Oh, that was when I screenshot, when I did a screen record of that voice message that I left for him. I guess I had had a message during that time. Okay, so this is what he wrote to me. SMH, damn, well, you could have smoked and left or waited to tell me. He says, I see how it is, why I said FaceTime yesterday so it wouldn't come down to this, but I guess you got some other plans. Girl, I'm grown, okay? Don't feel like that, and I thought we was going to have a good time. You look hella cute. I wanted to squeeze your ass and kiss you, but guess that's not an option now. At least come back and smoke. I already rolled up. What a disappoint what a disappointment I guess he meant, but he said what a disappointing. Can't believe you left me with my dick in my hand, so to speak. I think that's the first for me. Shake my head, congratulations. So you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to like feel guilty, like shit. I just changed my mind. Like I shouldn't have to feel bad. And this is why I left, so that I didn't have to deal with somebody trying to get me to stay and like making me feel guilty about leaving. So this is what he says. type of person hold you against your will but i figured since you made the trip out here i kind of felt your vibe i was like well at least we can smoke maybe you know chit chat bullshit then you know you go about your way and i go about my way or whatever like i said you made the leave tonight anyway so it would have been no harm no foul but for you just up and leave like that and it's kind of fucked up but it is what it is and yeah i can't help the fact that when i do shave i look fairly young so <laughs> so one of my close friends' stories said, "Oh my God, what did they say? It's so funny." Hold on, I gotta find my close friend's story. <laughs> she said the funniest thing. Oh, hold on, hold on. She says, "Laugh out loud, homie is never gonna shave again." <laughs> yeah, is not. Oh my God, and so. There was one more message he left. I didn't respond to that. I just, my girlfriend said, don't, don't say anything else. And so he leaves me one more, which I have to say was nice. So he leaves this. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm pretty curious to see, you know, how we would interact or whatnot, but I guess we'll never know. But you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, maybe next time I won't cut my beard. <laughs> he really thinks it has to do with his beard. It doesn't. I just didn't find him attractive. And I didn't... Like, this is the hardest thing about this Tinder dating. People look a certain way in their pictures, and then you see them in person, and it really is not what you envisioned. It seems like it's... More often than not, it's not what you think, really. Like, I find that... I mean, have you not heard me say this like a million times? It's always not what I think. So of course it makes me want to see that person that I have this connection with because that is not the norm. It's hard. It's really hard to find a connection with somebody and to be, I'm like, I'm picky. Yeah. 
So I was telling my girlfriend, like, I don't know what to do because these guys in their early 30s look like they're teenagers and I like it's not hot at all. I, I was sort of like envisioning, you know, like, I don't know, like what you would think a 34 would 34 year old would look like. And they're just not turning out to look that way unless they're like lying about their age. I'm not sure. Um, but when I put, you know, 35 to 45, I mean, these dudes are just fucking ugly. They're like, ugh, they don't look like they're in that age group at all. They look like they're older than me. I feel like those guys that are saying they're in their early forties are actually 10 years older and they're not in their early forties. Cause I'm thinking there's no way. And they're not attractive anyways. So I don't know where the sweet spot is. I don't want kids that look like, or guys that look like they just got out of high school. And I don't want guys that are all old and out of shape and ugly. You know, it's like, there's gotta be something in between. Um, and so <laughs> yeah, right now. And, and there was somebody else that I connected with yesterday who I've just now realized was um, not verified. And I said, you know what? Because we have each other's phone numbers. And he kept calling me beautiful, like, hey, beautiful, how are you doing? How you, be- you know, how's your day, beautiful? You know, I'm like, dude, most guys don't talk that way. And then I started getting suspicious. And I looked at his pictures again. And then I realized he wasn't verified. And I said, hey, you know what? You're not verified. Can you send me a picture? of your face and giving me like a thumbs up. This is this guy, um, Jonathan, he's 37. So he says, um, and he said, yeah, beautiful. I'll do that as soon as I get home. Well, it's nine ten now. And he, there's been no picture of him with his face and his thumb up. Cause he's a fucking liar. And I don't know why these guys do that. Um, I mean, I think there are some, just some, um, incels that, do this so that they can talk to a girl that they'll never get. And they maybe will get a photo of that girl and some sexy talk. Cause that's about as far as they're going to get. Cause obviously they'll never meet these women in person. So they make these fake accounts, um, or they are in cells and they really hate women and they do this to like lead the women on and make the women think that there is like this really hot guy at the other end when there's really nothing. And so they might even go as far as like, you know, getting the woman to meet them somewhere and then they just never show. I, these, re- this really does exist. It's like, I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, I guess that's why, I mean, I guess I just said, but anyways, yeah, more often than not, the pictures are too good to believe it's too good to be true. Yeah. If they're too good looking and you'll find those, I mean, I always report those accounts cause there's the unverified accounts with the, all the model pictures and you're like, yeah, that's not a real person. So I report those, but, um, this guy, yeah, I'm still waiting for his uh, thumbs up photo, which I doesn't exist cause he's not real. So I'm going to be, um, unmatching him soon. So yeah, those are the latest, uh, trials and tribulations of my dating life. Um, not getting, um, lucky with anybody new, but still getting lucky with a couple people that I've kind of been connecting with since May. One I have feelings for, one I don't. And, um, we'll just see how that plays out, but it would, you know, I wouldn't mind, um, meeting somebody or having that. I know I told him, I told him the one that I like that I'm not looking for a boyfriend and I didn't mean to like make him think that, but I have to say if he really wanted to see me more, I would I would be totally on board. You know, it's stupid because what do we have in common? <laughs> Not a whole lot, but there is something that chemistry is undeniable. So it's a drug for sure. All right, guys. I hope you have a good 
rest of the week and um, hugs to all of you. I can't think of anything really exciting to share about my near future. Um, other than that, I have like almost three weeks off until school starts again. Yeah, I don't think I start till August 15th. Woohoo! All right, guys, have a good one. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.